Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth, chapter 10, I think. Yeah, 10. We play the game show of death. We did our summons after dark at a seven meter long pit in front of a septic tank. The tank was bright yellow, white, with a smiley face and red words painted across the side. Happy Flush Disposal Company. It didn't quite go with the mood of the summoning of the dead. The moon was full, silver clouds drifted across the sky. Minos should be here by now, Nico said, frowning. It's full dark. Maybe he got lost, I said hopefully. Nico poured a root beer and tossed barbecue into the pit, then began chanting in ancient Greek. Immediately, the bugs in the woods started chir- stopped chirping. In my pocket, the Stygian ice dog whistle started to grow colder, freezing against the side of my leg. Make him stop, Tyson whispered to me. Part of me agreed. This was unnatural. The night air felt cold and menacing. But before I could say anything, the first spirits disappeared. appeared. Sulfur's mist seeped out of the ground. Shadows thickened into human forms. One blue shade drifted into the edge of the pit and knelt to drink. Stop him, Nico said, momentarily breaking his chant. Only Bianca may drink. I drew drew riptide. The ghosts retreated with a collective hiss at the sight of my celestial bronze blade. But it was too late to stop the first spirit. He had already solidified into shape of a bearded man in white robes. A circlet of gold wreathed his hands, and even his, in death, his eyes were alive with millions. Minos! Nico said. What are you doing? My apologies, master, Nico said, though he didn't sound very sorry. The sacrifice smells so good I couldn't resist. He examined his own hands and smiled. It is good to see myself again. Almost in solid form. You're disrupting the ritual, Nico protested. Get! The spirits of the dead began shimmering dangerously bright, and Nico had to take up the chant to keep them at bay. Yes, quite right, Master, Mino said with amusement. You keep chanting. I've only come to protect you from those liars who, will, who would deceive you. He turned to me as if I was some kind of cockroach. Percy Jackson. My, my. Sons of Poseidon haven't... Improved over the centuries, have they? I wanted to punch him. I figured my fist would go right through his face. We're looking for Bianca D'Angelo, I said. Get lost. The ghost chuckled. I understand you once killed my minotaur with your bare hands. But worse things await you in the maze. You really, do you really believe Daedalus will help you? The other spirits stirred in agitation. Agitation. Annabeth drew her knife and helped me keep them away from the pit. Grover got so nervous he clung to Tyson's shoulder. Daedalus cares nothing for you, half-bloods. Minos warned. You can't trust him. He's old beyond counting and crafty. He's better from the guilt of murder and is cursed by the gods. The guilt of murder? I asked. Who did he kill? Do not change the subject, Ghost growled. You're hindering Nico. You tried to persuade him to give up his goal. I would make him a lord. Enough, Minos, Nico commanded. The ghost sneered. 
Master, these are your enemies. You must you must not listen to them. Let me protect you. I will turn their minds to mad I will turn their minds to madness as I did to the others. The others? Nick Annabeth gasped. You mean Chris Rodriguez? That was you? Maze is my property, the ghost said. Not Daedalus's. Those who intrude deserve madness. Be gone, Minos, Nico demanded. I want to see my sister. The ghost bit back his rage. As you wish, master. But I warn you, you cannot trust these heroes. With that, he faded into mist. Other spirits rushed forward, but Annabeth and I kept them back. Bianca, in peer, up here, Nico intoned. He started chanting faster, and the spirits shifted restlessly. Any time now, Grover muttered, and silver light flickered in the trees. A spirit that seemed brighter and stronger than the others it came closer. Something told me, told me to let it pass. It knelt to drink at the pit. When it arose, it was a ghostly form of Bianca D'Angelo. Nico's chanting faltered. I lowered my sword. The other spirits craw- started to crawl forward, but Bianca raised her arms and they retreated into the woods. Hello, Percy, she said. She looked the same as she had in life. The green cap set sideways on her thick black hair, dark eyes, and all skin like her brother. She wore jeans and a silver jacket, the outfit of a hunter of Artemis. A bow was slung over her shoulder. She smiled faintly, and her whole form flickered. Bianca, I said. My voice was thick. I'd felt guilty about her death for a long time, but seeing her in front of me was five times as bad, like her death was fresh and new. I remembered searching through the wreckage of a giant bronze warrior she sacrificed her life to defeat, and not finding any sign of her. I'm so sorry, I said. You have nothing to apologize for, Percy. I made my own choice. I don't regret it. Bianca! Nico stumbled forward like he was just coming out of a daze. She turned towards her brother. Her expression was sad, as if she'd been dreading this moment. Hello, Nico. You've grown so tall. Why didn't you answer me sooner, he cried. I've been trying for months. I was hoping you'd give up. Give up? He sounded heartbroken. How can you say that? I tried to save you. I'm trying to save you. I can't, Nico. Don't do this. Percy's right. No, he let you die. He's not your friend. Bianca stretched out a hand as if to touch her brother's face. But she was made of mist. Her hands evaporated as they go close to living skin. You must listen to me, she said. Holding grudges is dangerous for a child of Hades. It is our fatal flaw. You have to forgive. You have to promise me this. I can't. Never. Percy has, wor- has been worried about you, Nico. He can help. Let him see what you were, I let him see what you were op- up to, hoping he would find you. So it was you, I said. You sent those Iris messages. Bianca nodded. Why are you helping him and not me? Nico screamed. It's not fair! You're close to the truth now, Bianca told him. It's not Percy you're mad at, Nico. It's me. No? You're mad at me because I left you to become a hunter of Artemis. You're mad because I died and left you alone. I'm sorry for that, Nico. I truly am. But you must overcome the anger and stop blaming Percy for my choices. It'll be your doom. She's right, Annabeth broke in. Kronos is rising, Nico. Nico, he'll twist anyone who who he can to his cause. 
I don't care about Kronos, Nico said. I just want my sister back. You can't have that, Nico, Bianca told him gently. I'm the son of Hades. I can. Don't try, she said. If you love me, don't. Her voice trailed off. Spirits had started to gather around us, and they seemed more agitated. Their shadows shifted. Their voices whispered, Danger! Tartar stirs, Bianca said. Your powers draw the attention of Kronos. The dead must return to the underworld. It is not safe for us to remain. Wait, Nico said. Please? Goodbye, Nico, Bianca said. I love you. Remember what I said. Her form shimmered, and the ghosts disappeared, leaving us alone with a pit. Happy flush, septic tank, and a cold full moon. None of us were anxious to travel that night, so we decided to wait until morning. Grover and I crashed on the leather couches in Garyon's living room, which was more comfortable than a bedroll in the maze, but it didn't make my nightmares any better. I dreamed I was with Luke, walking through the dark palace of Mount Tam. It was a real building now, not some half-finished illusion like I'd seen last winter. Green fires burned embrasures along the walls. The floor was polished black marble. A cold wind blew down the hallway, and above us, through the open ceiling, the sky swirled with gray storm clouds. Luke was dressed for battle. There were camouflage combats, a white t-shirt and a bronze breastplate, but his black sword, Backbiter, wasn't at his hand. Only an empty scabbard. He walked into a large courtyard where dozens of warriors and Durakne were preparing for war. When they saw him, the, gem- the demigods rose to attention. They beat their swords against their shields. Is time, my lord? Adrachne asked. Soon, Luke promised. Continue your work. My lord, a voice said behind him. Kelly the Imposa was smiling at him. She wore a blue dress tonight and looked wickedly beautiful. Her eyes flickered, sometimes dark brown, sometimes pure red. Her hair was braided down her back into pure flame. My heart was pounding. I waited for Kelly to see me, to chase me out of the dream as she had before, but this time she didn't seem to notice me. You have a visitor, she told Luke. She stepped aside, and even Luke seemed stunned by what he saw. The monster Kampe towered above him. Her snakes hissed around her legs. Animal heads glowered, growled at her waist. Her swords were drawn, shimmering with poison, and her bat wings extended. She took up the entire corridor. You? Luke's voice sounded a little shaky. I told you to stay in Al- on Alcatraz. Kampe's eyelids blinked sideways like a reptile. She spoke in that weird, rumbling language, but this time I understood. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I come to serve. Give my revenge. You're jailer, Luke said. Your job? I will have them dead. No one escapes me. Luke hesitated. A line of sweat trickled down the side of his face. Very well, he said. You will go with us. You may carry Arachne's string. It is poisonous of great, it is a position of great honor. Kampe hissed as a star, at the stars. She sheathed her sword and turned, pounding down the hallway on her enormous dragon legs. 
You should have let that one in Tartarus, Luke mumbled. She's too chaotic, too powerful. Keller laughed softly. You should not fear power, Luke. Use it. The sooner we leave, the better, Luke said. I want this over with. Aww, Kelly sympathized, running a finger down his arm. You find it unpleasant to destroy your old camp? I didn't say that. You're not having second thoughts about your own, um, special part. Luke's face turned stony. 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 Can't read. I know my duty. That is good, Dima said. Is our strike force sufficient, do you think? Or do I need to call Mother Hedekit? Hekit for help. Hekit. We have more than enough, Luke said grimly. The deal is almost complete. All I need now is to negotiate safe passage through the arena. Hmm. That should be interesting. I would hate to see your house of head on a spike if you fail. I will not fail. And you, demon. Don't you have other matters to attend to? Kelly smiled. Oh, yes. I am bringing despair to your eavesdropping enemies. I'm doing that right now. She turned her eyes directly at me, exposed her talons, and ripped through my dream. Suddenly, I was in a different place. I stood at the top of a stone tower, overlooking rocky cliffs in the ocean below. The old man, Dedalus, was hunched over a work table, wrestling with some kind of a na navigational instrument, like a huge compass, years older than when I'd seen him last. He was he was stooped, he stopped, stooped, and his hands were gnarled. He cursed an ancient Greek and squinted as if he couldn't see his work, even though he was, it was a sunny day. Uncle, a voice called, a smiling boy about Nico's age, came bounding up the steps, carrying a wooden box. Hello, Perdix, the old man said, though his tone sounded cold. Done with your projects already? Yes, Uncle, they were easy. Della scowled. Easy? The problem of moving water without a pump uphill was easy? Oh, yes, look! The boy dumped his box and rummaged through the junk. He came up with a strip of papyrus and showed the old inventor some diagrams and notes. Didn't make any sense to me, but Dedalus nodded grudgingly. I see, not bad. The king loved it, Perdix said. He said I might be even smarter than you. Did he now? But I don't believe that. I'm so glad Mother sent me to study with you. I want, I want to know everything you do. Dedalus muttered, yes. So when I die, you can take my place, eh? The boy's eyes widened. Oh no, uncle, but I've been thinking. Why does a man have to die anyway? The inventor scowled. It is a way of things, Bat. Lad, everything dies but the gods. But why? The boy insisted. If you could capture the, the animus, the soul, the soul in another form. Well, you've told me about your automatons. Uncle, bulls, eagles, dragons, horses of bronze. Why not a bronze form of a man? No, my boy, Dedalus said sharply. You are naive, naive. Such a thing is impossible. I don't think so, Perdix insisted. With the use of a little magic. Magic, bah! Yes, uncle, magic and mechanics together. With a little work, one could make a body that would look exactly human. 
Only better. I've made some notes. He handed the old man a thick scroll. Nedlis unfurled it. He read for a long time. His eyes narrowed. He glanced at the boy and closed the scroll and cleared his throat. It would never work, my boy. When you're older, you'll see. Can I fix that astrobal then, Uncle? Your joints swelling up again? The old man's jaws clenched. No, thank you. Now why don't you run along? Run along. Erdix didn't seem to notice the man's anger. He snatched a bronze beetle from his mound of stuff and ran to the edge of the tower. The low still ringed the M, the edge. A low still ringed the rim, coming just up to the boy's knees. The wind was strong. Move back, I wanted to tell him, but my voice didn't work. Perdix wound up the beetle and tossed it into the sky. It spread its wings and hummed away. Perdix laughed with delight. Smarter than me, Deadless mumbled, too softly for the boy to hear. Is it true you your son died flying, Uncle? I heard you made him enormous wings, but they failed. Deadless's hands clenched. Take my place, he muttered. The wind whipped around the boy, tugging at his clothes, making his hair ripple. I would like to fly, Perdix said. I made my own. I'd make my own wings that wouldn't fail. Do you think I could? Maybe it was a dream within my dream. But suddenly I imagined the two-headed god Janus shimmering the air next to Deadless, smiling as he tossed a silver key from hand to hand. Choose, he whispered to the old inventor. Choose. Deadless picked up another one of the boy's metal box. The inventor's old eyes were red with anger. Perdix, he called. Catch! He tossed the bronze beetle towards the boy. Delighted, Perdix tried to catch it, but the throw was too long. The beetle sailed into open sky, and Perdix reached a little too far. The wind caught him. Somehow he managed to grab the rim of the tower with his fingers as he fell. Uncle! he screamed. Help me! The old man's face was masked. He did not move from his spot. Go on, Perdix, Dedalus said softly. Make your own wings. Be quick about it. Uncle! The boy cried as he lost his grip. He tumbled towards the sea. It was a moment of deadly silence. The god Janus flickered and disappeared. Then thunder shook the sky. A woman's stern voice above the, from above. You will pay the price for that, Dedalus. I heard that voice before. Is Annabeth's mother Athena. Deadless scowled up at the heavens. I've always honored you, mother. I've sacrificed everything to follow your way. Yet the boy had my blessing as well, and you've killed him. For that, you must pay. I've paid and paid, Deadless growled. I've lost everything. I'll suffer in the underworld, no doubt. But in the meantime, he picked up the boy's scroll, studied it for a few moments, and slipped it into his sleeve. You do not understand, Athena said coldly. You will pay now and forever. Tedalus collapsed in agony. I felt what he felt. A searing pain closed around my neck like a molten collar, cutting around, cutting off my breath, making everything go black. I woke in the dark, my hands clutching on my throat. Percy? Grover called from the other sofa. Are you good? I studied my breathing. I wasn't sure how to answer. I just watched the guy we were looking for, Deadless, murder his own nephew. How could I be okay? The television was go going. 
Blue light flickered through the room. What what time is it? I croaked. Two in the morning, Gerber said. I couldn't sleep. I was watching the nature channel. He sniffled. I miss Juniper. I rubbed the sleep out of my eyes. <clears throat> yeah, well, you'll see her soon, again soon. Gerber shook his head slad- sadly. Do you know what day it is, Percy? Saw it on, ter- on TV. It's June 13th, seven days since we left camp. What? That can't be right. Time's faster in the labyrinth, Gerber reminded me. The first time you and Annabeth went down there, you thought you were only gone for a few minutes, right? But it was an hour? Oh, I said, right. And then it dawned on me what I was saying, and my throat, what he was saying, and my throat felt searing hot again. The deadline was the Council of Cloven Elders. Grover put the TV remote in his mouth and crunched off the end of it. I'm out of time, he said with a mouthful of plastic. As soon as I go back, I'll take away my searcher's license. I'll, I'll never be allowed to go out again. We'll talk to them, I promised. Make them give you more time. Grover swallowed. They'll never go for it. The world is dying, Percy. Every day it gets worse. The wild... I could just feel it fading. I have to find Pan. You will, man, no doubt. Grover looked at me with sad goat eyes. You've always been a good friend, Percy. What did you... What did you did... What you did today? Saving the ranch animals from Garyon. That was amazing. I... I wish I could be more like you. Hey, I said, don't say that. You're just a... As much of a hero. No, I'm not. I keep trying, but... He sighed. Percy... I can't go back to camp without finding Pan. I just can't. You understand that, don't you? I can't face Juniper if I fail. I can't even face myself. His voice was so unhappy it hurt to hear. We'd been through a lot together. But I'd never heard him sound this down. This down. We'll figure out something, I said. You haven't failed. You're the champion goat boy, all right? Juniper knows that. So do I. Grover closed his eyes. Champion Goat Boy, he muttered dejectedly. A long time after he dozed off. I was still awake, watching the blue light of the Nitro Channel wash over the stuffed heads of Garyon's walls. And uh, that is all I'm going to read for today. I am insanely sorry that I have been gone for so long. My throat's been bad, and then... Yeah, but a bunch of stuff that happened. But, um, yeah, I hope this was a good half beginning of the chapter. Um, and that uh, you haven't started listening to a bunch of other podcasts, but I don't, I don't think so. I've been getting a few downloads. Um, also, thank you so, 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 so much. Whilst I've not been posting, we got two, th- we hit a 2000 download mark. Um, and I don't know. I've just been thinking, how am I going to say this? Because I bet there's, I know there's uh, so many, like, YouTubers and famous people about everything. Everybody. <clears throat> They're like, okay, guys, thank you so, so much for this. Um, yeah, I've been uh, dreaming of it my whole life. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, f- I feel the same way. I think you don't really realize how 
how genuine all those famous people and YouTubers and pop stars and wherever you want to be, how genuine they actually are until until it actually happens. Or, like, it's you. I, I bet if you started a podcast of your own when you were as young as I am now, and then you had 2,000 downloads within, like, five, within, like, I don't even know, like, wait, am I, am I stupid? Well, l- less than a year, <clears throat> within less than a year, 2,000 downloads. That's just insane. That That's just insane. Um, and I, yeah. I'm just looking back now at all the pauses I'm making. And I realize I should probably end the episode here for today. So once again, I'm sorry for no uploads. And, um, thank you for 2,000 downloads. We're actually far ahead of that now. I think we have 2,060 as of this recording, um, yeah, have a good Easter if you celebrate, otherwise you can have a good week anyway.